and Brock says, I didn't know the Vikings still existed, to which Ash replies, they mostly live in Minnesota. In Minnesota. <laughs> that was in that was in the movie. The NFL oh is canonical God. to the folk the It took us 34 weeks to get here, but it's the moment you've all been waiting for today on To Kill a Delibird, your favorite Pokemon rewatch podcast. We are taking a look at Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. So strap in. This is going to be a hefty one. I'm Kellen as usual, and joining me alongside this massive ride this week with you and me, it's my co-host Graham. Graham, how you doing? I've got COVID. I'm dying. That, <laughs> no, I'm yeah, going to be okay. It's unfortunate, but yeah. <laughs> Put me in one that of those uh, those human-sized te- test tubes like Mewtwo's in. Mm, that looks nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> bathing rejuvenate. in chicken soup. Is that that's what it is? It's like I think so. neurofluid, generic neurofluid. They have it in all the animes. I wonder if they buy it at the same <laughs> store. <laughs> Great Western branded or Western values or whatever branded. Uh, Great value. That's what it's no, called. The Walmart. No, it's brand. it's you got to go no name. The yellow packaging. Oh, and it just says oh yeah. Biofluid. Biofluid. Biofluid, yeah. Bio baby sauce fluid. (laughs) (laughs) Just buy it in giant tubs. That'd be glorious. (laughs) Yeah, it's unfortunate that you got COVID, but thankfully it has not inhibited your uh, voice in any way. So we can still talk about the movie, which is a lot of talk about this movie. I'm excited. I'm excited to do this. This is a a meatloaf of an episode, a packed meatloaf. Well, it's not even an episode. What are you talking about? Cheese full of uh, onions. Uh, I guess I'm talking about us. You're right. It's not an episode. It's a movie. We made it to Mm -hmm. the movie. And boy, what a movie this is. This is such a big movie. You haven't buried the lead yet, but we are most likely, I'll eat my tongue if this changes as we're going, most likely <laughs> going to be doing this in two episodes. Oh. It is roughly the length of four episodes, of four Pokemon anime episodes. So we're going to treat this with diligence and give it the uh, celebratory fervor that it deserves. Give it the TCAD treatment, not brush oh, over anything. Oh, yes. Give it the real... Just because of its length. The real TCAD premium spa treatment. We're gonna... Mm-hmm. We're gonna oil it up. We're gonna rub its back. We're gonna... We're gonna scent it with nice aromas and, and play classical music in the background. Can we get that as fan art? Mewtwo and Mew spa buddies? <laughs> Mewtwo and Mew on a spa day. Yes. That, that I'm would writing be so it down. Good. And you know what? After like diving a bit more into into Pokemon the first movie, even that a notion of like Mewtwo finding Mew and finding happiness makes me want to cry. <laughs> That'd be so nice. Oh, I won't lie. Some there are some moments in this movie where I get I get a little emotional. I think they're very they they tackle a a pretty existential topic and they do it pretty well for a children's movie. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's better than I would have thought actually. It's it's definitely an anime, it's definitely a 90s anime uh, and it comes with a lot of that like what I always liked about anime and what drew me to it as a teenager is they were tackling sort of like weirder ideas than than Western media was, you know, like what is existence, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I felt like we didn't get stuff as head on. So 90s anime like Neon Genesis Evangelion 
was uh, really influential because it was just such a mind trip. And while Pokemon, the first movie, is definitely toned down a bit from some of those things, it still has that, it still has that weirdness, you know? It still has that, like, heaviness to it that's, uh, oh yeah, it, it, it makes you think. Yeah. Really makes you think, man. Spoiler alert, I think the main message of the movie is all about existentialism and circumstances surrounding birth. Yeah. Uh, we'll get more into that as we get uh, into the actual movie. So if if we do this episode halfway, it's going to end on a cliffhanger. I oh. saw a movie recently that ended on a cliffhanger, and I did not know it was going to. Now, now do you <laughs> think it's okay for me to say what movie it is? Is that a spoiler, knowing that a movie is ends it... on a, a cliffhanger? I think in a way it is. Is it like a, a movie that just came out? It is not in theaters anymore, but it was in theaters this year. Okay. Um, I would say, listener beware, if you don't want to hear this, skip ahead uh, one minute in your podcast feed of choice. Okay. At that being said, I feel like most of our listeners won't care. It is Fast 10. Okay. Oh, yeah. The the 10th (laughs) Fast and Furious movie ends on a cliffhanger. It it ends with like a huge action set piece, and, and then it just cuts. And like, there's no resolution. So it's like a part one, I guess. But there was so nothing in an 11th. Jesus Christ. Uh, they're, no, they're making a 10 part two. <laughs> like, like Final <laughs> oh, Fantasy 10 two. Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, there's nothing in the marketing saying it's a part one. So I was like, what the hell? I like screamed at the TV. I was like, what the fuck? That's the way to do it. I think just you go jump into a part yeah. one. Yeah. I think that's how that's how a cliffhanger works when you're yeah. not expecting it. Yeah. If you go you go into to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one, you know that it's ending on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. You're not expecting a resolution. But when when you're expecting a full a full I, cycle I think story I might have been... and it just it baits you like that. That's just <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that leaves you thinking, oh, shit, I got to watch another movie. I think I might have been more OK with it if it wasn't Fast and Furious. Like if it was like a big unexpected epic yeah. series or like a fantasy series or something with a lot of continuity, I'd be like, okay, that's great. But when I watch this movie, it's like I just want to shut off my brain for like two mm-hmm. hours. You know, I wasn't like, yeah. like what the heck? <laughs> yeah, they're not that deep from what I know. Someone on the staff thinks they are, though. <laughs> that's the weird part. Someone in there, I think Vin Diesel thinks that they're like their masterpieces and everybody else is like, man, these movies are wild. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's what I've done lately. Got COVID and watched Fast 10, which which is ending was the movie equivalent to COVID. (laughs) Just a wet blanket. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, we got some feedback recently that the comedy lists are great, but someone wanted to hear another story, you know, really amped up. Compliment me and that's how you'll get things. (laughs) Uh, So we (laughs) got a little... Stroke Graham's ego, everybody. Stroke my ego. Yeah, I'm a big narcissist. So we do have a little bit of a skit here um, to kind of lead into our discussion of, of the movie. Now... We've got two characters in in this uh, dialogue. There's Mewtwo, and uh, should I reveal the name of the other yeah, already? Yeah, go for it. Well, so there's Mewtwo, and there's another creature who was created named Mew3, okay? Now, one of us is going to voice Mewtwo, the other's going to voice Mew3. We are going to flip a coin here to see who uh, who voices which. Um, winner chooses their character? Um, sure. Yeah, call cool. it. Okay, heads. It's Tails. So Ooh, I'm going to choose. 
Um, I think I'm gonna go with with Mew three. I think you're gonna you can you can do the uh the brooding dark voice a little better. I think I can uh, hit the uh, Canadian accent. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, sounds good. Uh, open scene. This is the narrator. A dark passageway under a Team Rocket fortress. Mewtwo is brooding. Life, the great mystery, the randomness of a cold universe. Why do we exist? Another creature walks up. This creature looks similar to Mewtwo, but is wearing square glasses, a Hawaiian button-up shirt, khaki shorts, and a name tag that says Mew3. Well, hey there, Mewtwo. Just uh, just trying to finish up Team Rocket's tax filings for this fiscal. Do you have any uh, receipts for your travel expenses from that trip you took last week? Last week? Seven days. Each day is torture, and torture can make the mind tremble. A weak mind, that is. Each day, my psychic powers grow. The answers you seek stem from a question few would ask. Does the Caterpie ask the Pidgey for proof of its actions, or does it get devoured in silence? <laughs> Always the jokester. Good old Tui. Oh, well, that's okay if you lost the receipts. We'll just take the base cost for what you spend on an average trip and go from there. You should really check this sort of thing in the future. My mutant accountancy powers are good, but they can't pull numbers from thin air. Say, Dewey, my pal, you were traveling to that other Pokemon research lab, right? Did you get me a souvenir? 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 I destroyed the lab! A wasteland is all that remains. Oh, jeez. Well, this took a heavier turn. Really? Well, okie dokie, we can work with this. That lab is actually a Team Rocket subsidiary. We are gonna have to make an insurance claim. You count as a force of nature, right? I think this could go under a uh, weather-based accidents policy. Accident! Accident? The very height of human hubris was brought to its knees. I, Mewtwo, brought justice and forced humanity to stare at itself in a merciless mirror. Each lost life was a necessary sacrifice for the greater good of the universe. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. This is a real humdinger. Alright, well, uh, so uh, we can uh, continue with the claim, but it is uh, property damage with collateral resulting in loss of life. The insurance provider will want a full audit. I'll, uh, I'll work with Giovanni to get the process started on the executive side, well, just when I was hoping to get a vacation. Oh well, accountancy doesn't sleep and neither do I. You don't make the process easier though, do you, Mewtwo? Uh... I'll email you the consent forms to acknowledge the claim. The provider accepts you signatures. You still use that Yahoo email account, right, Dewey? Silence! This foolishness has gone on long enough. One more word and I'll make you unable to talk for a fortnight. That's a little drastic. That sort of talk is against company policy, you know. The finance department is crucial to any criminal empire. Alright, my dear Tui, time to get serious. I'll have to file a complaint with HR. Oh yeah, speaking of HR, you remember Debbie from the talent department? She just had another kid. A oh, baby's cute. I'll send you a picture. What's that Yahoo address again? Ah! Boom! Boom! Explosion. Silent. Mewtwo has destroyed the place. Mewtwo flies away, leaving destruction behind him. Out of the rubble, Mew3 shakes off dust, patting his shirt down, and clearing his glasses. Oh, hell, this is an issue. I wonder if we should uh, file these two property damage claims separately or as a joint submission. I'll have to review the policy again. There must be some discrepancies to account for. <laughs> account for? Get it? Because I'm an accountant? Oh, a tough crowd. Oh, jeez. Dewey killed everyone. Well, that's uh, more loss of life for the claim to cover. How much coverage did Giovanni purchase anyway? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I haven't had this much work since I documented my own creation. Well, they say life is a puzzle and accounting is the pinnacle of problem solving, so I'll just give my old accounting friends a call and 
We'll go from there, I guess. Mew3 keeps rambling about clerical finance as Did the I camera that 401k? zooms away. Did I do my income tax yet? I'm pretty sure I did my income tax. <laughs> End scene. I think, I think I'll get that money back. I'm, gonna, I'm looking at a couple grand, I think, this year. Yeah, you get a GST check. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my voice changed like four times throughout. I don't know that. if that was like Canadian or Irish some, some points, yeah, but, like, but I liked it. I liked it's, it. It's both a little with a little Gaelic in there. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our rendition of the uh, the screenplay, Mew3, The Ultimate <laughs> Accountant. Thank you, so thank is you. So this, is, this uh, is this like your headcanon of, of what caused the explosion at the Team Rocket headquarters we've seen? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a character it. that was off camera all the time named Mew3. He, he actually is in lots of different scenes. If uh, people like this, maybe we'll uh, push him into other scenes in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what their um, dynamic reminds me of, Mew2 and Mew3? Stitch and the other Stitch like alien that just likes to make sandwiches. Ah, and wait, and Stitch is the one that has the sometimes he goes back into like alien mode. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Stitch okay. goes crazy, I'm pretty sure. It's been a hot minute since I've seen Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, I don't remember, that's, but uh... But Stitch is like crazy. <laughs> and there's also there's another Stitch that's like or a Stitch like alien. It's like a relative or something. Right. That just likes to make sandwiches. That's all he really wants to do. Or Vegeta and Goku. Super powerful yeah. aliens. One of them's brooding serious. One of them's like, let's just eat rice, guys. So should we get into the movie? Yeah, let's dive into this. So so how we're gonna do this is is we are gonna be uh stopping at various points to do four pours. So that's our regular way of ranking the episodes. We're gonna give this uh movie multiple rankings since there's uh, the equivalent of four anime episodes, you know, in in screen time here. And it's it's denser than your typical uh, Pokemon anime episode anyways. So we're going to go over this with probably the same level of scrutiny as we would a regular episode. So you'll still get the same amount of uh, literary hours and four pours. Uh, spare no expenses for our paying uh, audience. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we're starting off the first movie with uh the, well it starts off with two prologues there is the original prologue that is uh, just a part of the movie as a base there's also one before that called the uncut story of mewtwo's origin which was not originally part of the film it came out uh later the only time it came out in the west i believe was on the dvd of mewtwo returns which is an anime special that takes place uh sometime in the johto arc of the anime and that's the only way the west ever got it i'm pretty sure uh thankfully i have that dvd so oh. I, I could uh -huh. um but yeah you can't get a hold of it anymore so it's a little tougher to find but if you have that dvd it's on there as a bonus feature but it is a prologue to mewtwo strikes back so we're going to cover that and the normal prologue that was aired in theaters now if you saw it in theaters way back when, in ancient times, there was another, not not a prologue, but another short called Pikachu's Vacation. We're not going to be covering that today. We're kind of talking about maybe doing is taking all of the Pikachu shorts, because there's a lot of them, and it's kind of bunching them up together and doing them at once sometime down the road. So we're not going to talk Pikachu's Vacation, regardless of how cute it is, because it is very cute. Very we're going to start off with prologue one, the uncut story of Mewtwo's origin. Are you ready? Aye, aye, Captain. Beautiful. So. It's August 6th. We're listening to a journal entry. A group of researchers are exploring a dense jungle looking for an ancient civilization that may have created 
a shrine to Mew, the most powerful Pokemon to exist thought to be extinct at this point. But we see it ain't extinct. It's <laughs> flying around. And we love Mew. Yeah, we get this beautiful view of like a, a heavy jungle. You know, you can already feel it. The animation quality here is much higher than a typical episode, oh, right? Yeah. Like, like instantly, just the the amount of of foliage and and kind of how you feel like you're in the jungle. Um, foliage, foil, foil. What what is that word? Foliage. Foliage. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a couple seconds to realize foliage. what you said there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, of the jungle, and you can feel the humidity, even the sound design. You know, there's lots of kind of chirping it's very atmospheric and there's monkeys running by uh well i guess they're monkeys, right <laughs> some monkeys run by and then yeah muse muse following there's already a mew here and and you're about to kick us off what what exactly is mew mew is this little cat like pokemon he's like it's a pink. hairless cat but imagine that that's cute it's pink it's small it's got a really long tail and it just likes to be a little jokester that's what he really is the personality of a happy kitten. Yeah. Fucking love Mew. Totally. Mew is so cute. Did you know, uh, I don't know if this is um, confirmed, that Mew may have originally been based on a uh, like an embryo. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And this pretty much only comes from its original sprite from Red and Green. Have you seen that? No. No. I'm sending it to you right now. Huh. I would not have uh, thought of that. Well, even looking at this, I don't I don't know if I personally see that. I don't know if about it's, it's a embryo, spray, but it is supposed to it is supposed to look kind of uh, immature. Like it's supposed to look like uh, like a kitten, right? Yeah. Like before they're really um, grown at all. It has a very newborn look like fur not really come in, that kind of thing. And I know lots of animals are born with fur but uh, <laughs> but that is kind of what it looks like right it's like yeah. it's like it's, and it's supposed to have i think it's supposed to have a purity to it as a result like this is like the purest uh kind of most innocent life like just like mm -hmm. raw Innocence. life raw creation right there yeah but i i do think it's original like design philosophy did change between red and green and the uh the enhanced blue that they released because it is a very different design. Yeah, this red green spray. one I'm looking at, so that'd be the original Japanese release. Looks like a strange little rat. It's like a shrunken, yeah. fuzzy rat thing. I don't even know. I'm glad know. they changed it, because yeah. our modern Mew is cute, and we love it. And it's it, it lives on in myth, though. Like So although uh, researchers are looking for a shrine, they know that it's the most powerful Pokemon ever existed. This is all just like, this is all just myth, right? So they said mm -hmm. believed to have been extinct. They know kind of of Mew, but they don't really know what Mew is. Yeah, it's all a legend. It's from an ancient civilization. Uh, we get some backstory that Giovanni funded this expedition mm -hmm. that the uh, researchers are on, on the stipulation that they find some Mew DNA to create an enhanced clone of Mew and make the most powerful Pokemon to ever exist which they do find a fossil which they believe to be mew and this is pretty important this this piece of information um that yeah that's how he kind of got researchers on board is is he's funding all of this but with that stipulation that they have to make a replica of mew uh the the researcher who's narrating says giovanni wants to control it 
the researcher wants more, quote unquote. You know, more about the animation, though. There's these beautiful shots of a bunch of butterfree flapping away. Did you catch that? I did not. It's like the best Sakuga we've gotten in anything <laughs> in this series yet. And it's just like a throwaway like three seconds of some butterfree flapping their wings, but it's like, it's like very good. <laughs> so the ancient ruins, right? They get to the ruins and we, we see the depiction of Mew carved in stone. Um, they talk about the shadow oh, of yes, Mew yes. and yeah, and they find the Mew, they find something that they think is a Mew fossil. And it's this a glowing green fish bone that they're saying has the secret to restoring life itself. The the carving of Mew itself was cool because it's like almost sprite like, eh? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's like a video game Mew. The ancient Mayans <laughs> invented sprite art. Well, that uh, depiction of Mew also showed up on a, a very limited edition Pokemon card, I believe. Oh, cool. Okay. The uh, an ancient Mew Pokemon card. I'm gonna look that up. Oh, I like uh, it. Value out of curiosity. Yeah, ancient Mew promo piece. Which goes for actually not as much as I thought. It's about uh, thirty dollars, maybe. Huh. Never mind. I thought it was a lot more. Said so it was like like Pokemon cards can go for a lot of money, right? Yeah, I thought it was kind of like a first edition Charizard. How much levels. does that go for? Great question. Let's take a look. See, um, on price starting ungraded nineteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. Grade seven bumps it up to seventy four hundred. Wow. That's I don't uh, I don't know ridiculous. what these uh, grades mean, but PSA ten is thirty six thousand dollars. Oof. Okay. Well, that's. Ridiculous. I assume that means in mint condition. So back at the lab. So yeah, back at the lab, they're doing these uh, sciency things. Sciency things. Huge, with, uh, huge and computers and straight out of Neon Genesis Evangelion. This is '90s anime as heck. I love this lab. And we see a uh, little Mewtwo in a bubble. A little baby. We've, we've gone into the little bubble world. He's in his tube. The scientists talk about how, like, the other clones hasn't gained consciousness, despite there is brain activity and strong vital signs. So we're inside this this new creature, this young Mewtwo's mental world. And he's he is thinking, although the scientists are saying it's not conscious, but he's thinking already. He's, he's saying, where am I? Who am I? What he's am very I? very confused. Which is uh, Mewtwo's... Um, you know, theme Mewtwo's theme song. Where am I? What am I? Who am I? And uh, so a little girl comes up and talks to him, still in his head. She is shocked to see a Pokemon talking, but little Mewtwo doesn't know what either a Pokemon or a person is. Because she asks him, "Are you a Pokemon or are you a person?" So you look like a Pokemon, but you're talking like a person. <laughs> yes. Mewtwo doesn't know what those are. He's like, and "What am I?" Uh, the nice thing is that the little girl doesn't care if Mewtwo's a Pokemon or a person. She doesn't um, give a shit. But this she Mewtwo, wants to be she, she recognizes regardless, you're the you're the same as as us. Ooh, us. And so uh, the researchers realize that Mewtwo and Amber Two, they say, are communicating with each other via telepathy. Uh, and then uh, we we look at this this test tube like Mewtwo's, except there's like this glowing orb. In it, it's not something tangible. It's just this glowing thing floating in the middle of this tube, and this doctor guy just goes soon, soon, soon. Yeah, he's a creepy scientist, long nose, glasses. And so back in the bubble world, Amber Two explains this to Mewtwo. They're all clones. Every single person, every single Pokemon in here, plus her, are clones of the originals. Then we go back. It's a lot of back and forth here. Because then the doctor kind of begs for his theories to be true, to see his little girl smile again. So 
piece it together the story it's pretty obvious this girl is is the doctor's kid right yeah yeah and she says uh even to Mewtwo she says I'm Amber too but I'm still really Amber so yeah the idea is that this this scientist lost his daughter and could not cope and and was kind of searching for the secret of life to uh bring her back and and he he got somewhere <laughs> we don't yeah. really know how this happened but but to some extent like her soul or something comparable to that is is being kept in this uh this life fluid <laughs> And he's communicating with Mewtwo. You see this in a good old-fashioned black-and-white flashback. Yeah. He has basically extracted her consciousness somehow. Yes. And is yeah. keeping it stable in this tube, trying to find a way to bring her back to life. Uh, this causes his wife to leave him because he can't move on. Yeah, she's and gone. Why are you doing this? You're tearing yeah. us apart, science man. Do they ever give You're him a name? You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Um, I don't think they explicitly say, but uh, on like character sheets and in subtitles, credits, and stuff, he is Doctor Fuji. Oh, Doctor Fuji. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you made a room reference there, because as we were going through <laughs> all of this, I'm like, this is so serious. I don't know how we can make jokes. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> I Good. thought that's what you were Good. going for with your tearing me apart. I didn't think of it. Maybe I just, maybe it's just part of me now. <laughs> it's part of the ethos. It's a part of all of us. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to the present. The clones seem to be stable and are set to awake any day. Uh, but the doc, Dr. Fuji is only interested in the knowledge this will give him in order to bring his daughter back to the right. world. And then boom, 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 back to the bubble world, baby. The clones are... Uh, oh, I didn't bring it up, but uh, the clones Mewtwo and Amber Two are joined by a clone of Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle, and so they're all there. They're all buddies. They're all friends. Now they're exploring Amber Two's old neighborhood, and she teaches Mewtwo all about nature: the sun, the moon, the stars. It's very sweet. Very oh yeah, this is this is very atmospheric. So it's this uh, kind of grayish green uh, dream town that she's like floating them through kind of disney style she's saying that oh i used to live here it's a you know idyllic town when she's teaching mewtwo about these concepts about the real world so that's the sun this is the wind like more life is being kind of brought into the scene so suddenly color appears and then when the wind blows okay things are moving and then and then they see the sunset and uh, she teaches mewtwo what the the moon and the stars are because he sees the moon and he's like is that a sun no, Mewtwo, you dumb fuck. <laughs> it's the moon, you idiot. Yeah, Jesus he's really Christ. much that meme of the anime guy pointing to the, the <laughs> butterfly. Is this a sun? <laughs> yeah. But uh, suddenly, Charmander 2 starts to fade away. Oh, followed God. by Bulbasaur 2 and Squirtle 2. Oh, no. These clones, back in the real world, we learn these clones have failed. They are no longer viable as Amber starts to sparkle like Bulbasaur and the gang. Her consciousness fades. The doctor has lost her for good. Okay, here's a question. Do you think that they didn't include this in the uh, uh, theatrical release because it wasn't made yet? Or do you think they didn't include it because, like, you don't usually see death in Pokemon? So they, like, kept it for a bit. I'm pretty confident it wasn't made yet. Okay. I I think you're right, but... uh... Something of something about this, like it's right off the bat, like having having creatures die, I thought was like a major level of heaviness that doesn't usually come. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so according to Bulbapedia, uh, the uncut story of Mewtwo's origin is a 10-minute prologue added to the beginning of the full version of Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh, internationally, it was released as a special feature on the Mewtwo Returns DVD under the title The Uncut Story of Mewtwo's Origin, as I said. The, it is adapted from parts of the radio drama The Birth of Mewtwo, which in Japan originally aired in the lead-up to the release of the movie. Ooh. So uh, it's based on stuff from before the movie came out. Uh, this specifically did not exist until right, later. Right. That's pretty neat. Well, so the creatures are dead in their test tubes. Very sad. And then we hear the big news. Doc, we're losing her too. No. And oh. and then we see in it the dream sad. world, Amber 2 in front of the moon shimmering. And this is like, yeah, I was like, whoa, this is actually making me feel things. And she's saying <laughs> goodbye. You know, this is Mewtwo's first and, and only friend, really. Mm -hmm. um, and he's feeling something. She says that her dad told her a story once that when a pokemon cries their tears are full of life which write that down it's an important tool that will help us later <laughs> she says she has to go but he says she fades off you should be happy because you're alive and life is wonderful and oh, and, and then mewtwo gives out amber amber and uh back in the real world it starts to get upset about this they uh try to erase its memory of these events using a serum and it seems to have worked I couldn't really tell if it if it worked or not. Well, so yeah, so they're they're concerned that the Mewtwo is distress is going to you know cause problems to uh to its growth here, I guess. And so they're administering the serum that's supposed to knock its uh, the memories out. It, it certainly contains it in this moment, but uh, I don't know if it ever do you, does. It ever really lose the memory of Amber? I'm not sure. I, I think um it kind of hints towards remembering someone yeah it doesn't remember the doesn't details. remember the details but he remembers the yeah. feelings yeah he remembers that he lost a friend and that he's upset about that great but uh yeah back in the bubble world we get more from Mewtwo Mewtwo has slept for what feels like forever he remembers somebody he knows life is wonderful but he doesn't know why and that's where the prologue ends that's where the uncut yeah, story one. of Mewtwo's <laughs> origin comes to right, a close right. But this this flows very nicely into the theatrical prologue. I think mm -hmm. that if we treat this all as one thing, uh, I think we can keep flowing. Oh, it into works. It, it. Yeah, it works. It works. It works. Into prologue two, which doesn't have a name, I don't think. We get some narration from our good old classic narrator about life. It's the great mystery. He says that uh, this tale of the most powerful Pokemon is the strangest tale of them all, which is true. I think Mewtwo has a kind of a weird tail. It kind of wraps into his torso. Kind of strange. <laughs> oh, good one. <laughs> I was like, I was going to answer you sincerely. I was going to be like, you know, yeah, it's like not a typical uh, Pokemon story. It's a lot darker in the science aspects. And Which Pokemon nah. does have the weirdest tail? Uh, Greninja has the weirdest tongue. That's true. What about a Tauros tail? Yeah, it's not that weird. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I Mew think Mewtwo, Mewtwo might the have the weirdest tail. It's yeah. just like a big, a weird appendage, hairless yeah. appendage. <laughs> and so in the lab, we're back at the lab. Mewtwo awakens. He hears voices outside. He must be outside. I must be there. He breaks his tube, and they they say they need to radio Giovanni. <gasps> Giovanni, <gasps> which if you were if you if you didn't watch the previous prologue, <gasps> that's a reveal. Holy shit! Whoa. <laughs> he uh, Doctor Fuji explains to Mewtwo that he is a clone of Mew. And then Mewtwo questions what becomes of him if he is just a clone. They plan to use him in experiments. And Mewtwo, understandably, does not like this one bit. 
No. <laughs> he does not want to be brought into this world just to be used as a lab dog. I think there's no. a lesson here in communication, too, and, and first impressions. So you, like, wake up this creature, and they just first like push into its mind you're a copy and you're an experiment and he says i'm a copy and and the scientist says well you've been improved through human ingenuity and you're like this is not empathy folks (laughs) (laughs) this is how dolly the sheep felt bah (laughs) i'm guessing i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know if dolly the sheep could uh dolly the sheep have comprehended yeah yeah oh that would be so cool though well maybe haunting (laughs) dolly strikes back so yeah, he doesn't want to be a laboratory specimen. And so logically, he destroys the entire fucking lab. Humans care nothing for me. He sees in his mind's eye Mew flying over the mountains. This is like a flash. And he goes, am I just one of these experiments? And then psychic waves, boom, destruction, Whee! explosion. These robot arms try to try to contain him. These freaky little robot arms. More explosions, psychic bursts. He is quite literally a man-made horror beyond any comprehension. Oof. And the scientist, he's he's lying down, parts of the lab is, is in flames, and he goes, we dreamed of creating the strongest Pokemon, and, and we, we succeeded. succeeded. <laughs> and then he blows the island up. <laughs> yeah. Mewtwo. Just a huge Pinky. beam of blue light. Boom. Kabin. And amongst the flame, Giovanni lands in his airplane and speaks to Mewtwo's ego. He wants to be a partner with Mewtwo. And together, they can control the world. But Mewtwo doesn't understand why he would need a partner. He's already so fucking He's like, I don't need you. Do you himself. see this shit? I'm fucking Bala. But Giovanni's like, I can help you control and focus your powers. And you will become invincible. And Mewtwo's like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Mewtwo's like, it. bet. <laughs> Join <laughs> me and we will conquer the universe. Join <laughs> me, Luke, and we will conquer the galaxy. And this is where we see the Metal Sonic armor being applied to him. Boom, boom, boom. Connected to the original episode. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So we're in a Team Rocket lab, I guess. And yeah, we get the Metal Sonic armor going on. He's like, armor to protect me? Feels like my powers are suppressed. Giovanni's like, no, they're not restricting your powers. They're focusing them. Which I, okay, I don't really understand (laughs) how that comes across. It's a debate. It's a debate. Yeah. Yeah. And so Giovanni puts a through uh, a series of Pokemon-related trials. He uh, kills an Onix, and he levitates a herd of Tauros in the air so that a bunch of Team Rocket grunts can catch them and take them for themselves. Mm-hmm. Then he kills an Alakazam, and then uh, Magneton, and then Gary's Nidoking, and Arcanine, like in that one episode, like in Battle of the Badge. Yeah, Another yeah. The, connection. So the battles are happening in, that is in the Viridian City gym. So that is like, yeah, the tie into those episodes. You know, when they show Mewtwo, them using the Mewtwo to catch all those Tauros, I was like, well, now Team Rocket has about half as many Tauros as Ash. <laughs> yeah, Ash is still winning in the Tauros. Ash department. is still winning. You don't need no Mewtwo. <laughs> the Mewtwo, after all of this, is still questioning why he's here, why he exists. Just like why every college here? student. What is my purpose? We're all what is, wondering what our purpose is. What is my major? What are, <laughs> what are employment opportunities looking like? Why do my aunts and uncles keep telling me, what can you do with that degree? <laughs> <laughs> Mewtwo, the visual arts student. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's just about widening uh, horizons and my mind. And uh, Don't ask me that. <laughs> and I have an art degree, so I'm allowed to make that joke. I respect the art degree. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> And so Giovanni kind of turns around and stabs Mewtwo in the back, revealing his true purpose. Mewtwo was made to serve humans and serve him specifically. 
uh, and he's supposed to obey every order. Yutu, again, not liking this, turns on Giovanni and blows up the Team Rocket base like in that other episode Ooh. we saw. And I he was goes flying not off. born a Pokemon. I was created, and my creators have used and betrayed me. So, I stand alone. That was a sweet sentence. He flies off and lands on the island on which he was originally created, vows to find his purpose and destroy everything that opposes him. He says, the reign of Mewtwo will soon begin. Yeah, he tears off his armor, so he's butt naked. Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> Mewtwo, put some clouds on. Jesus. <laughs> and then we get the t- then we get the title screen. We're, we're and that is the end of the prologue. Pocket monsters. Yeah. So context for this prologue: none of this was originally intended to be a part of the movie. Oh, they added this all when they learned that it would be impossible to air the necessary episodes foreshadowing Mewtwo oh, before see. the movie released because of the Porygon incident delaying the uh, yeah. the anime for a few months. The original cut of the movie was supposed to just have Mewtwo's first on-screen appearance be later in the movie when he reveals himself to Ash. Spoiler alert, but that happens. Spoilers. This is all according This is all according to uh, Takashi Shudo, who is the movie's writer. Oh, okay. Okay. Very interesting. Um, well, that's interesting because this prologue is fucking awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so good. I was like, just as a standalone episode, it's very cool. So I'm going to do a literary hour on, on what we've seen so far. So this is roughly 20 minutes of prologue into the movie now, but it's heavy with themes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm actually going to hit on multiple literaries just for different themes that come out of it. Well, not all of these are pieces of literature, but uh, you'll see. So... One is this obsession with bringing something back from the dead being being a, a driving motive for a character. This is the scientist. He's trying to bring his uh, daughter back from the dead, and that's really one of the catalysts for a lot of what happens here and, and the human hubris of it all, trying to defy death. So Full Metal Alchemist, you know, for you weebs out there, uh, very popular anime, manga, but that at the core of it is they're, they're trying to bring, I believe, their, their mother back to life. And uh, in doing so, the main character, they're two brothers, and one of them loses his arm, and the other loses his whole body and gets bound to a suit of armor for the uh, the series. So it has that darkness tied to it as well, but it's that pursuit to bring back life. Got some other tropes here. Mewtwo turns during this, right? Like, we see him as very... Uh, an innocent kind of force at first, right? He's just trying to figure out what he is. But then he feels that, like, he is being put in such a place where he almost has no choice but to use his power for for evil. He's saying, oh, "Well, if you're gonna treat me, you know, like a like a puppet, well then, well then, so be it. I'll I'll show you what I'm about." Uh, I'm gonna bring the parallels that uh, Jamie Lannister, the character from the uh, Game of Thrones series, kind of feels when people look at him as the King Slayer. When we learn more about Jamie's backstory, it's revealed that. Uh, his his uh, role in the king slaying was very complicated, and uh, as people have sort of mocked him and put him in that position, though he has kind of reveled in that and just shown himself to be what people think think him as. That's sort of what Mewtwo goes throughout this uh, this whole thing. Okay, so also the idea of creating a monster to control. Um, so of course, like we got to pay our taxes and say Frankenstein, right? Like, <laughs> that's just like you have to bring up Frankenstein. I think even older than Frankenstein, there's the ideas of like the golem, which is like a kind of a old mythology of like a created uh, kind of 
thing, a created beast sort of thing. But I'm going to call out the Alien uh, series of movies, of which, you know, there are these uh, aliens, the xenomorphs, but there's often like corporations throughout it that are trying to uh, uh, harness the power of xenomorphs, basically breed bioweapons from them that they'd be able to control. And from Giovanni's point of view, you know, that's that's what he is doing. Um, yeah, so I think I think those were the main themes I wanted to press for this. It, it It's not like this is anything new, but, it, you know, it pushes these themes together nicely. It's definitely new for Pokemon, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite a quite a good uh quite a good uh intro. Yeah. Frankenstein's the obvious one. That's... Frank yeah, Frankenstein is the Too easy. thing, but Too easy. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna four port just the prologues, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So this is what we've seen so far the twenty minutes. Before we pull a category, uh one matter of business I wanna bring up. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days because it, it came to me and I wanna pitch you another category. Okay. So we got some like kind of more difficult categories that require some thought and introspection. I want something very simple. I want a ping pong ball in there that just says Psyduck, right? (laughs) Okay. And this category is just about Psyduck. It's just about our feelings towards Psyduck. How do we feel about Psyduck at this current moment? He doesn't even have to be in the episode. It's just how do we feel about Psyduck? What what happens when Psyduck isn't in the show anymore? Is the Psyduck in our hearts? Yeah, e- either either it could just still be how we feel about Psyduck, how much do we miss Psyduck, or we just pull the category out. Or it's like it's like how badly we have a headache that day. Yeah. <laughs> like if you got a headache, that's oh man. So, okay, sure. So you better make that Psyduck question mark. Psyduck. Psyduck. Yeah. Okay, that'll go in there. Anyway, to the four four. The first category for these prologues is going to be. All about uh, how it's not like how the game works. Ooh, uh, is there a Mew in the first games? I know. Well, you couldn't get him by uh, journeying to a shrine. They were like... You had to journey to a Toys R Us. Giveaways, yeah. (laughs) Mew is in the games. Uh, There is documentation in the Cinnabar Mansion about failed clones of Mew and creating Mewtwo and Mewtwo being created in his birthday and stuff. So that's that lines up actually with the yeah, games. Yeah. Um, there's not really like any game mechanics explored. You can't clone Pokemon, right? That's, that's whatever. But the, definitely the vibe of like Mewtwo destroying shit and then going and going off like that. That is in the game, right? Like then you find him in a cave. Yeah, you destroyed the mansion and then you find him in the Cerulean Cave, and he is the most difficult Pokemon in the game, which uh to capture, which makes sense because he's also fucking broken. So that's like a three. It's pretty me. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good reflection of the game. Which, which, which means, means it's we a have no to score. rank it low. Yeah. Uh, ooh, two. Two. Okay. Oh God, sorry, two movie. <laughs> well, just, that's fine. We got four. Four is just gonna roast this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. We got plenty more categories to average it out with. True. Second, true. second category we rank with prologues will be the uh, jelly donut effect. Let's take a look at if there were any changes or what changes oh, there yeah. were between from the prologue though. From the prologue, this is gonna be pizza. interesting. Yeah, there's no uh, voiceover for Doctor Fuji's journal at the start. It's just oh, okay. the scientists talking about Mew uh, and recalling legends of Mew, which I I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked mm-hmm. to have heard. Yeah, that been no, cool. that that would be good world building. And they talk about like what they found the fossil and they should take it back. Oh, in the original. 
He does not say that he was able to hold on to Amber's consciousness. He says that he electronically replicated her consciousness into a hologram. Ooh. <laughs> so that's way different. That's cool. That's a very different vibe. Uh, just a mission of dialogue between Fuji and a scientist. Amber's last words are significantly different in the original. She says that living beings cry when in pain, but only humans cry from sadness. And in the end, we get the uh, the story about Pokemon Tears being oh, full okay. of life. But that's okay. it. Mainly dialogue stuff. This is another one, since it's a fairly good translation, it gets a low score, though, right? Yes. Yeah. That is the, uh, but that's just the Mewtwo origin. Let me take a look quick through the other ones, see which ones I can pin to just the prologue. Uh, Giovanni was never mentioned by the scientists in the original. That's really Ooh. nothing. There was no alarm sounding Mewtwo's awakening in the Japanese. That's really wow. No alarm. That's so unrealistic. <laughs> they would definitely have an alarm. Uh, the dialogue in the scene where Dr. Fuji tells Mewtwo about its origins was altered in the English dub. In the original version, Mewtwo asks if Mew is its mother or father. And when Dr. Fuji tells that neither yes or no would be a wrong answer, it asks if it was created by God. To this, Dr. Fuji replies that in this world, the only ones capable of creating life are God and humans, and Mewtwo was created through human science. Ooh, we did not get uh, that. I mean, that is, is such a complex way of communicating. Yeah. <laughs> That's even more unhuman than the, the scientists in the English version. Uh, um, okay, these are kind of interesting. Giovanni talks about the armor. You know, the, the essence of the jelly donut effect, though, is, is more about, like, if they're kind of glossing over a cultural difference. I always, I took it as anything interesting pretty much which includes well that. it is it is I, I guess i should say the origin of the jelly donut effect is that yeah th those are interesting ones yeah, I, that's I think really that all the interesting you can ones see you can see people. that the english one kind of trying to be less uh more secular <laughs> kind of mm -hmm. whereas the english one is making these allusions to uh yeah almost like religion in a way um, but I think uh, axing the scientists talking about Muse legends, I would have loved to have seen that. Ooh, um, yeah. And yeah. The, the there is a is a very different vibe when between Fuji having preserved Amber's consciousness versus electronically replicating it. Like that is a that is a very different uh, thing. I think that's I think very it is too. too because in the English you're not you don't really get to see what it is that he did to have Amber two no. there. They said she's a copy, but it also kind of seems like he somehow has her soul, like I said, like the, the original, essence yeah. there. Um, but this that confirms it is like a synthetic copy, like it is electronic copy. That's a six for me. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say five. So cool. I mean, there's That's definitely it. some interesting ideas. It's two point five and five point five, but we're not averaging that yet. We're gonna keep the ball, the ping pong balls rolling. If, if oh. <laughs> the pokeballs uh, rolling. Uh -huh, and average it with other scores. Not until we're finished the movie. So let's jump into the actual film. Right. Mewtwo so, strikes back. Kicks off here. You know, after those prologues, we get the nice pocket monsters. I was watching where I got the, I think, the Japanese uh, title screen, which <laughs> looked cool. Uh, and then we, we see on a nice uh, plateau over the water, Ash and the gang cooking a stew. Ash oh, yeah. determines to be Pokemon Master. He's got a will of steel. And, and Ash is being lazy as fuck. <laughs> but this stew is looking good, though. Oh, baby. Anime stew. <laughs> Brock calls it his uh, lazy boy 
I believe. Lazy. Lazy boy, stew. no chew stew. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this will be perfect for you. You don't even need to chew, you piece of shit. <laughs> Ash is like, I haven't eaten since breakfast. They're having yeah. lunch. <laughs> He's so hungry. And uh, Togepi and Pikachu are playing. That's always so cute. They're always just playing around. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it. a stranger approaches. <gasps> he uh, He's looking for an Ash from Pallet Town. And ooh. he's found Ash from Pallet Town and okay, challenges who, him who is to a this battle. Guy? Who is this guy? He's got a red bandana on. Doesn't he look like a Team Magma or something <laughs> like that? What is that? Team Magma? Is that a thing? Yeah. They, they're all in red, though, so I don't know if I would. Oh, uh, different color? Yeah. We don't ever, I don't believe we got his name explicitly, but this, uh, this guy's named Raymond. Oh, but he's just like and a jobber. He's, he's just your run of the mill. Yeah. yeah. Looking for a fight. Looking for Ash. Ash goes, he's me. And yeah, they challenge him to a fight, and we get this fight over a remix of the Pokemon theme song, which was awesome. I loved it. Bum, bu, 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 bu. Yeah, and that's this is really the opening credits. This is the mm-hmm. Pokemon theme song, and it's just flying. <laughs> it's going to be Bulbasaur versus what's this Pokemon? We haven't Ooh. seen this one yet. This I is a Dawn fan. I wrote down Rolling Elephant Thing. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> and it. And this is its premiere, right? Yeah, I believe so. We have not seen Dawn fan at this point. It is a Gen 2 Pokemon, and so it being in this movie is like, whoa, this is a new reveal. Oh, wow. And so it is, yeah, it is a rolling elephant. It's based on a tire, basically. <laughs> that's its design. Like, really? Philosophy. Not an elephant? Yeah. a tire? Well, it's, a, it's an elephant tire. Oh, okay. That's why it rolls like that. That's oh. the whole idea. That it, it wraps its trunk around itself and it's like a it's like a wheel. So do you think that there's somewhere uh like in in a cruel way where they've got Don fans actually working as tires, like four <laughs> of them to carry a vehicle? Sounds like a Flintstones. Yeah, very Flintstones esque. And then they yeah. like, oh, they take like the <laughs> afternoon off so you can't use your car. <laughs> <laughs> Don fan unionized. So uh... it the battle starts the Don fan. The, the Don Fen Union, very nice. The Don Fen with its <laughs> Union card uh, rolls at the Bulbasaur. The Bulbasaur dodges. And okay, right away, isn't even how uh, the Pokemon dodge in the movie like way more extra than in the oh, show? This is, like in this the is show, way better animated. In the show, it'll just like cut away and then like show maybe like a still of it. And here you actually see the Bulbasaur like actually like do a sick dodge around it. And it's garlic bulb to the sky, soaking up sun. Solar beams, the Dawn fan, knocking Boom. it right out. I do, I do imagine that this movie got a much larger budget than your typical episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's why, I think. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, he knocks out the Dawn fan. And then we uh, we see that they seem to be being watched uh, by, by some perverts something. just watching Ash camera. and Bulbasaur hug. Couple yeah. of perverts. And it's round two. What's his name? Raymond sends out a Machamp versus Ash's Squirtle. And so we get this fun little melee sequence. At our Machamp goes for the kick. The squirrel dodges, I believe, but then Machamp gets another. The, pink the squirrel jumps squirtle. over his head. Oh yeah, and that's what yeah. I mean by the dodging is so cool. <laughs> yeah, he ninja dodges away from Machamp and then bubbles, and Bubble takes out Machamp. I don't understand Bubble in this universe at all. Like, no, especially where things sense. like kind of look fairly real for a moment, and then you just yeah. see this Machamp getting like a face full of bubbles, <laughs> and he falls over. <laughs> Ridiculous. But like during the how they were moving when they were fighting, I, I went through this mindset where I was like, how cool would a Pokemon fighting game be? And then I remembered I own Pokin. <laughs> <laughs> 
How cool is yeah. Pokemon? <laughs> I played it a couple times. I it is. Uh, I did not get into it. I didn't play it a lot either because it's, it's like not the too most complicated. Uh, it's not complicated game, enough. <laughs> any fighting game that's not Smash is too complicated for me. Oh, interesting. Like I don't. I hate my least favorite characters in Smash are Ryu, Ken, and Kazuya. Oh come on! Because they're because they're the combo characters. Wait, what about I don't Ter- know the button what combos. What about Terry Bogard? <laughs> oh, and Terry, yeah. I love Terry. He's the best. Go. Exactly. Is that what he says? Go. Yeah. 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 I got it. I'm smart. And so uh, Raymond sends out in a panic, sends out his last three Pokemon: Pinsir, Venomoth, and Golem. Pikachu goes for this big Ultra Thunder attack, and it takes them all out. Even though Golem's a ground type and shouldn't be killed, and we should have gone over this. That's just a how strong times. Pikachu is now. Doesn't I hate even it. Matter. <laughs> I hate it. Misty claims it was a shocking ending. <laughs> yeah, Brock goes shocking that Ash moved. Yeah. We see through the spyglass, of course. We can't even go to the movie without Team Rocket. They're the perverts. They're spying on Ash. No, they're not the perverts. That was a different camera. Oh, right. And uh, they say there's another ch- credit on Pikachu's charge account. That's, oh. Oh, that's clever. Good one. That was a good one. Good one. Good one. Yeah, they're, they're spying. They want Meowth to... is starving. He wants to grab some food. If they yeah, go they to steal the Pikachu, too. he wants the food. Which, and I mean, James says, I'd good. settle for some Pika Chow. Jesse says that she could cook for them, but Meowth claims that last time she cooked, she wiped out eight of his nine lives. Oh, I actually laughed at that. <laughs> is that sad? <laughs> I wrote that down that I laughed. You knocked out eight <laughs> of my nine lives. That was like classic Mio. <laughs> and then we see where that old, the other camera view was coming from. It is a Firo flying overhead with a camera strapped around its neck. Ooh. Have we even seen Firo before? Uh, we saw back around. There was a, do you remember the Viridian City episode? Togepi flew into a Firo's mouth Oh, by right. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't know if Firo's really even like featured at all. No. So. No, it's a big bird. Yeah, big bird. That's it. But, but not That's big Spiro. bird TM. It is just a big bird. <laughs> it's big bird. It's just, no, it's big bird. It's big it's bird. bird. <laughs> it's like, and snuffle up, I guess, with cameras. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking crossover. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and so we, we go to where this camera feed is being fed to. We're in some weird lab where a woman asks, should we extend an invitation to these strangers as well? Some Some strange thing is like, yes. And so she sends off an invitation with a Dragonite. Whoa. Oh, love this thing. Yeah, so we see this like futuristic kind of uh, looking uh, windmill. Not futuristic exactly, but kind of like fantasy futuristic. It, it reminds me of architecture in some of the cities in the Xenoblade video games. <laughs> but yeah, it open, the side of the windmill kind of opens up and a Dragonite carrying like a mailbag flies out. Very cool animation. The Sakuga mm-hmm. hits again. Just seeing this Dragonite like move. We've seen Dragonite before, sort of. Like we saw, yeah. He was he was the giant mysterious monster in that one. But this is a regular sized Dragonite. It's not as big as that. Yeah, that one was the the uh, the silhouette, the kaiju one. Yeah, kaiju one from the lighthouse episode. But yeah, this is the first time we're seeing Dragonite proper, I believe. Dragonite is a big friendly orange dragon, and we love Dragonite. Yeah, it's great. I love him. I want to give him a hug. You love all the Pokemon. I've never heard you. There's so many good ones. I've never heard you be like, and this Pokemon's a piece of shit and he can lick my butt. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Okay. We'll get to some of those. (laughs) But no, I I love Dragonite. He's this big orange dragon and he just, he looks so friendly. 
And he looks powerful too. He's got he's he draws that line between he looks strong and friendly at the same time. His official artwork is literally him waving at you. Oh, so <laughs> I love Dragonite. Howdy, so folks. He's he gives the gang their invitation. It's this fancy hologram uh, and a woman. The woman we saw before in some old fashioned Victorian era outfit. I want to say I don't uh, know much about. I, I don't know I if I'd say first. Victorian era. I, I don't know what it is exactly. It's it's um, Baroque, maybe. Um, sure. It it is a very like kind of neo gothic like at the ball kind of vibe like a veil. Okay, what what I wrote down is it almost reminded me of like how the people dress in the court of the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not is seen that, that too in specific? A long time. Well, I mean, either, no but I've played Kingdom Hearts, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't done that either. Oh, okay, so. okay. Um, but yeah, this is coming through a hologram, and it's got Mad Princess Leia energy. She's Brock like, thinks she's cute. She's like, hello, trainers, you're my only hope. And of course, yeah, Brock's <laughs> simping already. I, I like how he simps in a way, though. He's like, she's really small, but really cute. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. That was like Zoolander. Like, what is this, a school for ants? Play and she invites energy. them to a uh, special gathering hosted by the world's greatest Pokemon trainer on New Island. And Brock wants Ooh. to go so that uh, he can meet her. And that, that's the whole reason they go. Yeah, there's a ferry leaving from Old Shore Wharf this afternoon. And you got to reply at once. You coming? You coming or not? And then, yeah, the, 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 the RSVP is one of those dinky little, do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> that fifth graders pass around. Yeah, yeah. Chicken or a fish? <laughs> <laughs> do you have any allergies? Any food restrictions? <laughs> that's that we right. need to be aware of. Yeah. Bringing a plus one. <laughs> <laughs> and so Dragonite flies off with the invitation or with the the RSVP. Uh but Team Rocket stops it to find out what this is and they they see the the yes or no slip. And apparently they get all the information they need from that. I okay. Uh yeah. <laughs> I didn't really get that either. There must have been some really fine print. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not shown, extremely fine. But back in the weird windmill place we see a, a familiar looking hand oh three giant spears on a on a who mel- could that be <laughs> Ooh, i don't know he, yeah, so uh, spins I, I was kind of surprised they revealed it so quickly but i, I guess like if that none of the prologues had been made that hand mm. wouldn't have told you a lot but if no. you've seen any of the prologues you're like oh so the master's mewtwo yeah it would i think that would have worked a lot better and so, uh, yeah, he waves his hand around a little bit and gets uh, a massive storm starting out in the Ooh. ocean. And speaking Making of the ocean, storm. we cut to under the ocean and Ooh. we see Mew again. Mew awakes in their little bubble. He's in a little bubble, floats to the something's surface, up. flies something's away. Up. He, he's like it. in the Amazon or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the docks, we see all these trainers waiting for the ferry. They are informed so- it has been canceled. So sorry, just just about this part though, where Mewtwo's making this horrible storm. You know, we've we've definitely heard uh, music that uh, was either remixes of the show or different uh, game tracks, but right here, this like symphonic music starts to really kick in. That is almost uh, yeah, kind of Disney esque. That was the first time I noticed the score really, and and thought it was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like uh, very. What's the word I'm looking for? Cinematic. Uh, I don't know, it's like a movie score. Yeah, and and, and it's like uh, brooding. 
brooding, bombastic, bombastic kind of. It's I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing out words. You like any of these? Tension, <laughs> tension, tension build. building. Yeah, it's tension yeah. building. That's that's probably what I'm trying to think cool. of. Cool. And so, uh, yeah. So at the docks. Well, so the gangs are, you know, running uh, in the rain because we're at the docks, and of course the storm has reached the the mainland too. And there's this big ferry transit center, which is like where you would line up to get on the ferry. And it's stocked full of trainers. They've got their Pokemon out. Everyone's really excited, you know, to get to a new island and, and get a nerd out about Pokemon. Gang runs in. They're chattering to themselves about how they're really surprised by how quickly the storm came up. Like, it, it feels strange. Hmm. Um, and then we see Jenny standing beside a woman, also all in blue, a different shade of blue. But this woman also has, like, blue hair. Well, I guess Jenny does, too. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this uh, this other woman is, uh, I believe her name is Miranda. She's the harbor manager, and she's the one basically saying, uh, yeah, we're not sending out a ferry in these waters. This is a little fucked, guys. I, I like Jenny there. and Miranda's dynamic. I didn't know that was her name, but I like their dynamic because Jenny is like kind of no nonsense. And the harbor manager is like weirdly ominous. And she has this like Eastern European accent. So Jenny's <laughs> like, the ferry's canceled. And then the harbor manager's like, many years ago, the prophets have predicted the winds of water, ancient storms wiping out people. Pokemon tears could revive people. But today there are no Pokemon tears. Tears, write it down. Write it down, write it down, again. And then Jenny's like, yeah, so that's why it's canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, um, if you're not watching with uh, subtitles, you don't get this woman's name. Oh, okay. And it's like that with three other characters in this movie. Oh, wow. Still yet to uh, be seen. And so, uh, speaking of them, we see one, we meet one of them. Uh, is this guy named Fergus? He's the guy. Oh, with get the, out! The guy with the blue tank top. Blue, His name is yeah, the Fergus. Blue, <laughs> blue tank top, Fergus. He says he's just gonna swim there because all of his Pokemon are water type. Doi. Doi. Uh, Jenny, Jenny tells him, no, you shouldn't do that because if your Pokemon get hurt, there's no center around here because the nurse Joy from the center went missing like a month ago. Oh. And Brock. Brock looks at the missing poster and finds her to be oddly familiar, which uh, they all look the same, Brock. So that's, I thought that seems was so funny because like, OK, they're doing two things. Well, they're doing one thing here. OK, but they yeah. should have been doing two. And the one thing they're doing is they're supposed to be tying you back to the uh, the mysterious woman in the hologram. But if you've seen any Pokemon at all, <laughs> you would just be thinking of, yeah, that's Joy again. We see, we've seen a million Joys. <laughs> no shit, she looks and familiar. In, and in a movie about clones, you know, Jenny and Joy having an appearance, like, all right, I'm not saying, oh, but I'm oh, not, but I'm not oh. not saying. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh. <laughs> and so these uh, these trainers heed no warning. One of them leaves on a Pidgeot. Fergus leaves on a. His Gyarados, uh, another leaves oh, on Fergus a, and the Gyarados. <laughs> another one, a, a female trainer leave, leaves on her uh, Dugong Gong. Yep, and it. one more on uh, Firo to this really, speaking of good music, this really triumphant horn uh-huh, theme uh-huh. that I love. Right, this is a, more of that, like, more of that orchestral uh, score, mm-hmm. right? Kicking in. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. I mean, if you've got a storm in a movie, you you better have an orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) And this is again where the the harbor manager gets like insanely ominous. She's like into this. She walks out in the rain. She's like watching them. And she and she I wrote down some of the things she's like, some trainers have no fear to them. This is another challenge. 
They follow their hearts, and that's what makes them Pokemon masters. <laughs> and then and then the horns crescendo back up. Oh, I Boom. loved this sequence. It was so good. It's fantastic. This is the same woman though. They were just before saying how like it's irresponsible to leave. And yeah. then she walks out, she's like, God, they're badass. <laughs> <laughs> That is exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! But yeah, you know, yeah, no, I love this whole sequence. It's it's the music with the inspirational dialogue from the manager with the high stakes and dangerous circumstances. It all it all blends together in a beautiful cacophony of of uh, beautifulness, for a lack <laughs> of a better word, because I can't think of fucking words on this podcast for some cacophony reason. of beautifulness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll dissect that later. Uh, but yes, it all builds up to what is one of the strangest Pokemon bits of all times when the Vikings show up. <laughs> yeah. So the gang is also determined to get out there, but they don't have a big bird Pokemon or strong enough water Pokemon to take him through this wave. And then very fortunately, uh, the local Vikings pull up <laughs> on a boat. Yes, and for those who haven't seen the movie in a while, we're not even kidding. This is a, a Viking longship now appears. With, with uh, two Vikings, with two, two regular Vikings, Vikings. Two regular Vikings with these very hokey accents. Like, we will get you there. Yeah. Faster than you can say Farvengugen. <laughs> Farvin Guggen, yeah, what was that? Farvin Guggen, <laughs> and amazing. Uh, and the figurehead on this, uh, <laughs> on this, uh, like the maiden piece. What do you call that? The the at the front of it is uh, is Meowth. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't even that's not even the whole bit because no. they get on the boat and they're starting to to go pat go on the ocean. And Brock says. I didn't know the Vikings still existed, to which Ash replies, they mostly live in Minnesota. In Minnesota. <laughs> that was in that was in the movie. The NFL oh is canonical God. to the Pokemon the universe. NFL is canonical. It 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 sounds like okay, that is in uh Bulbapedia pointing out that um that was changed a little bit. In, in Polish, they said Scandinavia. In uh, oh yeah, it's in different. Sweden, across, like, they like, said Norway, and in Norway, and in Denmark, they said Sweden or something like that. It doesn't say what they said in Japanese. Oh, they they didn't. They just commented how fortunate they are that a boat showed up. <laughs> Seems like a weird thing to not notice that. Uh... <laughs> Like yeah. that is a, the local Vikings show up and you don't comment on that. That's... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that that whole bit is gold. I yeah, love we it. we gotta start keeping track of all the things that throwaway jokes imply are canonical in the Pokemon universe. I think it was last week we did King Henry the Eighth. Yeah, King Henry the Eighth. We de we declared that divorce is canon in the Pokemon universe, <laughs> and now the NFL. So uh, they they continue to row across the ocean, but uh, these waves are getting too rough. A massive wave comes along and almost sinks them, and. We, oh my god, we get the reveal. Oh, how we could not have seen this one coming. The Vikings are Team Rocket. Oh, oh my god. Yes, the Meowth strapped to the front of the boat <laughs> didn't give that away. I, I loved so Meowth's good. face when the huge wave was coming. It was mm -hmm. just like slack-jawed, wide eyes. Brock says, uh, I knew something about them was fishy. Besides the way they smell, 
Oh, Ooh. bird, bird. Yeah, hit him where it hurts, bro. Oh, uh, right in, right in the pickled herring. <laughs> you you yeah. tell him, Brock. Uh, <laughs> and but so- I also, I think this is a good Ash detective moment when his first line when the disguises get washed off, he goes, "Those aren't Vikings." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it's just me, but I love when Ash like bluntly, you know, says what's going on. Like it's it's back in the Blaine episodes when he goes, "It's a door." <laughs> when they see a door, I don't know why, but that those little Ash detective moments are beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Ash, for pointing out what is <laughs> directly you. in front of our eyes. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So uh, Team Rocket tried to do the motto. Another wave comes, knocks him over. And then we get another, I, I thought another good piece of music where it's this like yeah. flute music, but it's very kind of dangerous and tense and uh, high stakes where Misty, and then Misty sends her star you out to. Uh, yeah, she's deep under the waves at this point. Oh, brings yeah. up the star you. Take her up to the surface. She grabs Brock on the way uh, under the water. They find Ash riding up on Squirtle with Pikachu. And then they do this sick sequence where they're kind of surfing over the waves and under the waves and swim underwater. Yeah, until it, they finally it's a little bit scary, actually. Island. Like, I remember seeing this as a kid, and it's it's pretty like, you're like, oh, that would be very scary. Ten-year-olds <laughs> mm-hmm. out there, don't don't be doing this. No. <laughs> don't try this at home. Meanwhile, Mew is also here, I noted. That's yeah, all I know. Flying above the clouds. Yeah, it's just yeah. a quick little, hey, Mew, yeah. We get but a lot of these, but I love whenever them. Whenever they kind of show Mew, though, um, throughout these scenes, there's like a Mew theme song that almost plays. It's like mm-hmm. a little trinkle of chimes. Flutes and um, chimes. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's but it, it's it's nice because it's like, especially with contrast with the bombastic music of the uh, storm. The mm-hmm. the light chimes. It's like it's like Mew's not only cemented now as as innocence, but he's also peace, right? Like so, mm-hmm. we've got that contrast of like the the raging storm and the and the peace of of Mew. And considering that the storm came from Mewtwo, it came from his anger. That's a sharp parallel, right? And it's being pushed to us both visually and through the music. So, mm-hmm. um, pretty pretty good stuff. Yeah, and so. They uh, they've arrived at New Island and they are greeted by the lady from the invitation 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 invitation. By golly, and uh, Brock uh, Brock recognizes recognizes her immediately. He thinks it is the uh, missing Nurse Joy. Oh, is that the missing Nurse Joy? She's got mighty dead eyes. She has really dead eyes. That's what I oh, noticed yeah. here. Like just blank. Yeah, she says that uh, she's always dwelled here, dwelled on this island in service of my master. And we get some mysterious music. And then we, uh, she is taking them up to the uh, main building and we tilt down and Team Rocket surfaces on Weezing. On Weezing. (laughs) I believe Weezing is buoyant. He's buoyant. I buy that. Yeah. Yeah. And Weezing is like really tired. So it's like they just would have floated up and down on Weezing through the storm. (laughs) Like, and, and Weezing couldn't really like move through the water very well. So. Yeah, but and we saw a few episodes ago in the mermaid episode, Arbok can swim. Why didn't they use Arbok? Yeah, they totally forgot Arbok can swim. Ugh. But back to Mew, <laughs> who is being very cute. She's arrived at New Island and she sees the windmill, and we get that cute, whimsical uh flute and chime music as she yeah, plays yeah. on the windmill, and oh my god, it's so cute. It- yeah, Mew is like a happy kitten, like just playing mm-hmm. with a ball of yarn. That is exactly Mew playing with the windmill. Um, it's like bouncing on the on the on the windmill. Uh, yeah, it's it's very. It cute. is disgustingly adorable. 
disgustingly cute. You'll yeah. throw up. And so the lady leads them into a large room where three of the other trainers that left were here. Notably, we, we, we see the trainers that left on Gyarados, Pidgeot, and Dugong, but not the <laughs> trainer that left on Firo. She is nowhere to be seen. She died. She died. <laughs> She's dead. I'm pretty confident. Lost at sea. Mm-hmm. But the woman notes that only the trainers brave enough to weather the storm are worthy in her master's eyes, to which the gang, you know, puts two and two together that the storm was a test. Crazy. And, and she instructs them to let their Pokemon out and says, it won't be long until my master's intentions are clear. Red flag. That is a red fucking flag. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty eerie. Pretty eerie stuff. They say, my master's intentions will be clear. Yeah, <laughs> nah, get out. Master no. intention. Actually, anyone who was a master, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't I don't trust a master. That's no, not no. good. <laughs> and then um, uh, outside. Yeah, Team we Rocket, see Team Rocket yeah. outside. Trying they left out of the door. So they see like a sewage line kind of leading out. You know, they love the sewers. But what's what's cute here though is of course Mew starts playing kind of behind their heads. And when they look behind, Mew's gone. And and every time that we see Mew appear behind their heads, and this happens for a little bit, um, the Mew theme plays. I love it. It's so whimsical and fun. Oh, it's very nice. It's cute. So back inside the building, uh, she instructed them to let out all the Pokemon. Uh, Ash let out his starters. No Charizard, though. And nope. again, <laughs> Pidgeotto getting the shaft. Pidgeotto yeah, so, so all of the Pokemon, quote no unquote, love. are apparently, for the gang, are apparently just Pikachu, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Togepi, Vulpix, Psyduck. That's it. <laughs> and Onyx. Or, yeah, not Onyx. Not, not Onyx. No. Not Geodude. Or Zubat. No. No, or Staryu. Or Staryu. Well, no, she no, left, left Starbean in Cerulean, yeah. We meet the other trainers that made it. Along with Fergus, we have Cory, who is in the uh, sport jacket. Oh, is that yeah, the Pidgeotto he, guy? He flew on over on his Pidgeotto, or Pidgeot, who he calls Pidgeotto. Oh, weird. He That's says different. it was he easy. Off. It was a breeze. And he shows off the rest of his team, which include a Scyther, Hitmonlee, Venusaur, Sandslash, and Rhyhorn. Good team. Right, Powerful. right. So I'm going to ask you, you're, you're going to go over the rest of the teams, but I'll, I want you to do a recap after. What is the best team of the three Ooh, with okay. game mechanics in mind? And so Fergus, we meet his team along with his Gyarados. He has a Seedra, Vaporeon, Tentacruel, Golduck, and Nidoqueen, which originally he said all of his Pokemon were water type. Nidoqueen's not a water type, Fergus. It's blue, but it's not a water type. <laughs> All my Pokemon are blue. <laughs> that's yeah. like sports drinks. How there's one that, you know, they'll all be fruit flavored. Yeah. And then there's one that's <laughs> like blue. blue. <laughs> so, yeah, he wrote in on Gyarados. Uh, and then we meet Nisha, who, again, you wouldn't know any of these characters' names if you nope. weren't, weren't watching with subtitles. Uh, she wrote in. She's the one that wrote in on Dugong. And she also has Wigglytuff, Ninetales, Vileplume, Rapidash, and Blastoise. So these teams all look pretty hype, especially compared to Ash's little sad state. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, which of these teams do you think would be the best balance, the best competitively? I'm thinking not the water team. No, I don't think it's so. too lopsided. Um, so it's between yeah, Misha's and uh, what do you call Pidgey Mans? Uh, Cory. Cory. <laughs> so I'd probably say Nisha, maybe? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's she's tough. got the Blastoise, she's got the Rapidash, Ninetales. It's tough because she has, like, Rapidash isn't that 
great. Like it's okay. okay. It's not great. Same with Jim Long. Corey's team. What are his good ones? Is Hitmonlee good? Venusaur Hitmonlee, would be his Scyther best. Scyther and Venusaur, but Pidgeot, um, Sandslash, I think, and Rhyhorn not being fully evolved, drag it down a little bit. Okay. Nisha, uh, I mean, Rab- yeah, Rapidash, drag and Dugong, drag it down a little bit. I don't remember how good Wigglytuff was. Nine Tails was fairly good in Gen One, I think. I think so. Yeah. It got nerfed when the special stats split in two. Um, oh. man, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say Corey, actually. I think Corey has the Whoa, best team. Whoa, you changed. All right. All yeah. right. Cool, cool. Well, there Just you have it, folks, it. from the, the Pokemon genius himself. But uh, feel free to run simulations. Uh, I love, <laughs> love Yeah, we love a good simulation. Some... Give us some statistics, some analytics, please. Oh, please. And so the lights darken, and the greatest Pokemon master in the world is oh. ready to to reveal themselves. Oh my god. And I believe that's a 20 minute mark. Yeah, cliffhanger. Ba, 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 ba. That's where we're going to leave the episode. We are going <gasps> to split How this into two. So that was uh, the first two chunks and then we will continue and and do the remaining two 20 minute pieces of the movie uh in a part 2 episode that will come one week after. Unprecedented. Um, <laughs> you know, this was a luxurious stew of a movie and we we did not want to condense it into into anything other than the full experience, you know. We wanted to give you time to shove your whole head in the pot and swim around. So, that's yeah. the TCAD motto. Yeah, and uh we we didn't want to put it in one bit cuz I didn't want to edit a 3-hour podcast in one week. So, there, yes. there you go. <laughs> and I would and I have covid and I would die. Yeah, so, no, <laughs> be, be a little rough. Literary hour. And so when I do a literary hour, it will be just like on the, the most recent previous 20, 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, the previous 20 minutes. Exactly. First off, going to reference a movie, the movie version of Clue, the board game, <laughs> <laughs> where all of the guests are invited to a house by a by a mysterious person. And uh and this is actually a big uh this is a big um, trope, actually, where there's like a mysterious person in the background who invites a bunch of people to something mm-hmm. and then they all yep. show up. It's a huge mystery trope, which is why they did it in the movie version of Clue the Board Game. But my actual one will be the Agatha Christie novel, and then there were none. I don't know if this is exactly where that trope started, but TVTropes.com seems to, to think it is. It was a 1939 novel that's had play and film adaptations and all of them have taken liberties with, with the plot. And there's even been different titles given to it, but the mostly at the core of it is that there's 10 people, 10 strangers who receive invitations to an Island. Okay. And getting to the Island, like they're told, like it's a, it's kind of like a getaway or a vacation. And when they're, and when they arrive, the, a mystery unfolds so that the person who invited them there isn't seen, but there's a, a recording that then tells them that they're having, Having to investigate a murder and during this time somebody else is killed and there's an actual murder going on and they have to uh, uh figure it out they're not sure which one of the guests or if the person invited was the murderer now um that isn't exactly what happens here but that trope of mysterious person in the background invites a bunch of strangers all show up and are like what the hell's going on I, that kind of has grounds in this sort of like mystery pulp novel eh yeah i'll pull it to something more modern too Sure. The uh, wonderful uh, ABC series that only lasted for one season, criminally, uh, Who Done It, which was a, a reality game show where a bunch of strangers got invited to a mansion for this <laughs> game. 
and I've one of them was the murderer. This. <laughs> it's great. And one of them was the murderer, and they have to investigate these murders. It's a game the, show? These it's TV like a murder show. mystery yeah. game show? It's a murder mystery game show. Oh, cool. Where every week, <laughs> they, they started off with murdering one of the contestants who, was, who knew that she was there to be the first victim. Oh. And uh, d- uh, disclaimer, they don't actually murder the contestants. <laughs> just so you know that would be uh, a, a very weird twist yeah. but they go through this format of you can you get to explore uh one of three locations the last known whereabouts the crime scene or the morgue where you can investigate the body of the person that died so you do that you investigate one of those areas and then you kind of like you t- yeah you know dish out your clues and whatnot with with people that you trust and then you go into the riddle section where you solving a series of riddles you can find like the smoking gun which kind of oh, pieces yeah, things yeah. together and then you have to uh, to state your case to the murderer and the person who does the worst job at stating the case as to how the murder was uh carried out is the next victim and the cycle repeats and the murders quote-unquote murders are done very um grandiose okay. and are very very cool tv to watch and i loved this show and it's a crime, pun intended, that they did not bring it back for a season <laughs> two. I've never even heard of it, so that's oh, interesting. Fantastic. Yeah, sounds yeah. sounds fun. Well, okay, what well, to, to to kind of explain one of them? There, one of the early ones. The uh, the thing was that everyone in the manor was given a pajama set to wear for, for okay. nights, and uh, the person who did the worst uh, unknowingly was given a uh, a pair of very very fuzzy socks with this pajama set to wear. And in the middle of the night, uh, the fire alarm went off, which made everyone get out of bed. And this, the victim in the fuzzy socks ran, runs across the shaggy carpet, uh, touches the doorknob, which is soaked in kerosene, Whoa. Which, uh, which the static electricity sparks the kerosene, uh, igniting the also kerosene-covered clothes on fire. And so he comes running out of the mansion on fire, jumping into the pool, and he's dead. And it's incredible. Okay, but but he didn't actually get on fire. It was a stunt double. Oh, <laughs> but they set a stunt. They set the stunt double on fire. Oh, poor stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> she was fantastic though. It was oh, a wow. great job, and it's, it's just such a, it's a good show. I loved it, and I wish it came back. Yeah, um, sounds anyway, fun. Uh, anyway, so that's that. What is that show called? Again? Who done it? That is who done it. Uh, as reference, as referencing Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. As referencing. Mewtwo strikes back. And of course, there's a British butler who's hosting the whole thing. Is his name Jeeves? Uh, Giles. Oh, Giles. Well, that's another yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. Buffy Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, I got you. It's great. Anyway, we should do a rewatch of that. It's only eight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, we, if we do a rewatch of one of your weird reality shows, <laughs> we're also rewatching Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be a side one. Yeah, yeah, these will be side mini series. Okay, we're gonna four pour the uh, next twenty minutes, and and like your literary hour, we're basing this solely on the last twenty minutes. Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, First category for the last twenty minutes is the Team Rocket motto. So they try it, but the waves (laughs) they try it, and then mute. Meowth is like, I'm cutting you short. You know what? I love it because I fucking hate that motto by now. I like it when it gets cut short. Eight. Giving it an eight. Eight? Really? Yes. yes. I was I thinking like, like four. They were Vikings. They got drowned in water. It was hilarious. Yeah, they they tried to it. say the motto. It didn't work. It was they amazing. Didn't do the, they didn't do the motto until they were out of the Viking costume. It was a beautiful anti-motto motto celebration. <laughs> eight. I'm saying four. It was funny, <laughs> but... Not that funny. So that's a six for that one. And 
The second category will be the originality for the last 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, I, I mean, the, the tropiness is in that sort of mystery novel setting. Which is, and this is what we do. So that's a heavy trope, but it's original for Pokemon. So mm-hmm. do you do you think you ta- would tackle that from that for Pokemon perspective? I think you would. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I look at originality and In which case, and in which case in I would bump show. it high. I would bump it really high. Um, but I knock it down. I knock it down a little bit because there is always a fucking storm in Pokemon. Oh yeah, there's always, always a, a storm. fucking storm. It's yeah. always a storm. So that's seven. Okay. So that's an eight for that. Uh, six for Team Rocket Motto. Jelly Donut got a five point five, and Not How the Gamers got two point five. So we're 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 moving up. We're moving, we're moving up. up on those categories. We're bringing it. We're, still, we're bringing it back. We're still not gonna look at an average yet. Not until next week. No, this is such an RNG shoot. You know, we want this to score high, but we could pull Anime Mom and boom, <laughs> <laughs> it's all well, over. That's, that's the thing. The the scope of the movie. Allows for the four poor. The four he the four poor actually spoke to me. He gave me a message earlier today. Oh, cool. That the the movies need a larger sample size. So right. That's that's why we're doing this. It's all. It, right. I was. I had a vision. You you uh, you prayed at the te- at the <laughs> temple the shrine of, of the, the four poor. poor. The shrine yeah. of the four poor. It's in my closet. <laughs> right, and it had <laughs> nothing to do with the uh, ayahuasca you did. <laughs> <laughs> Just the shrine. It's gotcha. not about the uh, extreme amounts of ketamine I'm on right now. <laughs> like Elon Musk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Topical. Topical. Anyway, um, well, if we're leaving it off there, that is it for this week. Right. So next, uh, next episode, we will be resuming the rest of the movie. We're going to do that as uh, probably two 20-minute chunks as well. Um, and there's going to be lots to dive into mm-hmm. there. So uh, strap yourself in. This was a dense one. That'll be a dense one. Uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Heck of a good Pokemon time. Well, yeah. Normally, normally I ask if you want to know what we're doing next week, but um, I already know. Co- I think doing. we've covered. We've that, been yeah. debating yeah. it for months now, <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So that's what we're doing next week. You know how you like this episode? Chime us in the comments. This would be a great time to kind of get some discussion going too, especially you know with the lead up to the the next episode. That's kind of the big finale. This is a celebration of what TCAT is so far. You know, this is kind of our our biggest event so far, um, and so I hope it feels like mm-hmm. a celebration. Right. So uh, leave comments on the YouTube uh, channel. That's the Hydra Leech channel. Uh, you can reach us at two kill at delibird at gmail dot com. Give me um, that dopamine. Give us that dopamine. Uh, you can find us anywhere for the audio format. You can find us anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded. Please uh, leave reviews, likes, if that's uh, possible. Set your On Spotify, you can set it to auto-download. That also helps the channel. Intro and outro music is 80 Synthwave by Alexi Action. Anything else, Kellen? I'm just excited to finish this movie off. Because the ending, I'm going to have a lot to say about this ending. Yeah, you, you can, if you want, you could just monologue like a good 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'll be like, preach, speak it, <laughs> send it, boy. <laughs> Tell him like it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spread Hallelujah. the good word of you, too.